you're listening to Death of the Reader. We are Flex and Herds. This is your Murder Mystery World Tour, and we are here, our final week on Sins for Father Knox by... Yosef Skvresky. Nearly there. Nailed it. What do you mean? How is that not perfect? Skvresky. I mean, it's it's pretty Skvresky. decent. It's pretty decent. 10 out of 10. So <laughs> this is this is our final week with Dear Sins for Father Knox. It's been a fantastic time going through, figuring out what puzzles Yosef Skvresky has Skvresky. left for us. We are doing an Atlantic romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are doing Just Between Us Girls and the third tip of the triangle, which oh. I don't know if you'll be able to solve these ones. These ones are pretty tricky. They're, Not quite a mathematics, uh, mathematics of Grizzly Drive, but close. There are there are only... Oh, that's right, Herds. You did bamboozle <laughs> me out of my points. No, that was well-deserved. first time I've lost Look. points this show. Yep. Well-deserved on my part to thwart you at your own game, sir. If you're going to start bringing strategy into the points game, Herds. Yeah. Things are about to start getting hard for you. It's going to get heating up. Look, it's felt like a war zone in this studio ever since last week. The entire week, <laughs> it's been cooking in here. Other people have been coming in here being like, why is it so hot? Why does it feel like there's been a grenade exploded in the corner? That was Flex trying to take my life. Oh, let's get on to today's stories. First of all, Herds. <laughs> yeah? Oh, Atlantic. What a fun story. We're on a yeah. cruise or something along those lines. We're on a hotel, basically. Like we're in a, like a hotel cruise, you know, like we're on a holiday. Mm-hmm. Is what I should say. We're just hanging out with all these strangely named characters. Just before we went on air, I was hearing that you wanted to throw one of the characters overboard, Herds. Could you tell us a little <laughs> bit about what your problem with Mr. Wright is? Look, I just, I love him. He's such a derp. He's such an idiot. He was there for Eve's conversation where she said, man, anyone who tries to make a sin pun, like a Bible pun, he's my name. Man, they're just the worst. And he's the first thing he says is like, hey, you're you're a sin I'd like to commit or whatever it is. He's oh, he's the worst. The other character that we have on the table is Miss Abigail Wrong, mm-hmm. uh, whose name is definitely not wrong. suspicious and has nothing to do her with name the is solution. Wrong. It's a real name that exists, okay? Yeah, her name is Wrong. <laughs> it's like Mr. Silly. <laughs> I do like the way that uh, he's clearly set this up where he's given us Mr. Right and we're just like, oh, yeah, you know, that's fine. We'll go along with that. And then we have Mrs. Wrong. Yes. And like it's kind of obviously playing off the fact that a lot of characters in this story have very in-your-face names Mm. like Eve Adam. Yeah, for sure. But as we get into the fact that the people who are organizing the guests here have misspelled Mm. Eve Adam name as adams and also they've they've taken sally and turned him silly mm-hmm. which is a fantastic so it's probably story. mrs uh, it's probably mr w right rather than just right mm. is incorrect and it probably is wrong, Miss abigail wrong with an e wong with an e on the end r w r o n g e that's how it's spelled yes and now herds i yeah. think you know what i'm getting at here <laughs> Could it be that this rule is the Chinaman rule? Are you telling me that Miss Wrong is actually Miss Wong and thus is Chinese? Perhaps is that is that what you're is that what you're angling towards? Well, I believe I believe that she's half Chinese. Half Chinese. What mm-hmm. makes you say that? Well, it's the fact that we're talking about her family history and also the fact that no one ever points out that she's Chinese. Interesting. Interesting. Which also would then go on to explain the comments about the. Uh, the facial structures of Slavic people. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. Well, we are we are very focused on on love and war for this particular story. Yeah, and I think let's uh, let's just quickly deal with the questions box on this one. We know who killed sure. Mr. Fakuri. It was uh, Miss Wong, mm-hmm. um, and thus the sin was the Chinaman. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I wanted to jump from that to 
the 10th story. Oh, you want to we just jump all over the place. What is this? Because talking about Eve Adams' journey as a character through mm-hmm. the entire collection, this is the big one, right? We come sure. full circle back. We started with Lieutenant Borovka, went on a journey with yep. Eve Adam, and, and came back with, back with Lieutenant Borovka. <laughs> yep. And uh, it it kind of blew me away in the opening story in Intimate Business. It's kind of ambiguous that it's Eve Adam. Like, sure. we know who she is from the blurb of the book. We've read the other stories, but it never explicitly describes her the same way in an intimate business as it does in all of the other stories. So when we get back around to this last story and they're talking about their previous encounters and they're like, oh yeah, I never would have gone to America if you hadn't got me out of jail. It's like, oh my God. It comes full circle. It's it's such a brilliant way of bringing it back around. And the fact that I think it lends to the solution Mm. is fantastic. So many of the short story collections that I have read, and including the ones on this show, are short story collections with no cohesive narrative, with mm-hmm. nothing to tie them all together except for this is a short story mystery collection. Carol Chapek's collection, Tales from Two Pockets, which we covered before this, was an excellent collection of stories, but had nothing tying it together. Other Almost than, nothing. <laughs> other than, you know, maybe, a couple of characters. A names. couple of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. That, I think, was a, an opportunity that a lot of short story authors miss that Yosef has nailed. Yeah. If there's any part of the novel that I appreciate the most is the level of continuity between the different stories. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you my solution this before we went on mic, just so that you could subtly grin and twirl your fingers if I got mm-hmm. any of them wrong. But I believe that the solution for the last story is actually referencing something from the very first one. Right. Which means that the story is not only rewarding you for having read the whole collection, but also is giving value to that tie-over between the short stories. Sure. Do you want to let me know then? Who, who is the killer? And and tell me about the sin. Dr. Bidzovsky. Bidzovsky? Yes, Dr. Bidzovsky. All right. Peter All right. Bidzovsky. That's your, that's your answer, sure. He is the culprit, and uh, I believe I believe they've been punished for the sin of being gay. That sounds ridiculous. Yes. Yes, it does. How How is that... What what sin are you tying that to? Which of the I'm, ten I'm sins? I'm tying that to uh, rule number two. All supernatural or preternatural agencies are ruled out as a matter of course. Okay. Now the thing I'm torn on, herds, uh-huh. is whether we're tying it back to the whole concept that eroticism can make anything happen. Okay. And saying that eroticism now has supernatural powers. Okay. Or whether we're saying that God exists and thus God has punished them for being gay. So you're saying that, that being gay makes you supernatural. Is that what you're saying here? Is that basically that what's happening? might have to be my solution. Okay. The question so, is... So, so you got two here. You got the red haze idea and you got the gay superpower no, idea. No, 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 no. The, the, the red <laughs> haze is the gay superpower. I see. The oh, other okay. one is being punished by God. Okay. So which one are you going with? You, you're going to make like, me choose? I am going to make you choose. Oh, my God. Are you going God. with this, This anything is possible with love and the red haze, or are you going <sighs> with because they're gay, they're supernatural? What's, oh. the, what's the plan there? That's a tough one. Herds. Got to lock one in. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know it's hard. You can't ask God <sighs> for help. There is no supernatural anything here right now. Here we go. <sighs> All right. I'm going to say... Okay. Because our protagonist's name is Eve Adam, okay. we're going to drag it back around to a biblical references okay. of the original sin. Okay. I'm going to say okay. that it is the divine punishment of God. For being homosexual. For being homosexual. All right. You're locking that in? I'm locking that in. All right. What about Just Between Us Girls? Just Between we Us Girls. We had this lovely well, discussion from, from Ms. Zuska about 
Someone being murdered. From who? Sorry, from who? Who is it from? Zuska. Is it Zuska? Is it Zuska? Yeah. Not our detective. What? You telling me that Zuska is not a detective in this story? Herds is scrolling through trying to make sure that he's got the facts right and he's missed the fact that I'm pointing out my answer. What? I'm with you. I was confused for a second. I was like, wait, no. what are you doing here? What are you, story what are you trying to pull? The story is described from Zuska's perspective. It is. And she is the one that is the linchpin in the crime in mm-hmm. figuring it out, that is. And thus, Herds. Mm-hmm. And thus, it is the Watson rule. Okay. The Watson is smarter than the detective. All right. Breaking our dear mm. Father Knox's rules. All right, all right. Well, that's that's it. You've locked down all your sins. Mm-hmm. Also, who is who is the killer? You should know everything by now. I should know everything by now. Who killed Joyce? Herds, it was mm-hmm. the only woman who was at the scene of every piece of evidence dished out. What? Who would that be? It would be Jeanette. Jeanette? But she's such a sweet young thing. She is a sweet young thing who clearly is tied up with cool Jean and thus is Ooh. jealous of an affair. <sighs> it's all fair in love and war, just between us girls. So, Herds, yep. my solution's on the table, ready to go. Hopefully you haven't bamboozled me this time. Well, hopefully I have, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the war's that ignites. All right. We are going to be going to the absolutions in this break. Yeah. We're going to find out how right I was. If I uh-huh. got mm-hmm. all of the sins correct, yes, yeah. I did. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> sure you did. And we'll be talking about how fair everything was as a final wrap-up discussion. I don't even really think we need to have that discussion. This collection, you know what? This collection has been, I mean, we will discuss it but we like, have to discuss it it's it, like tradition it is tradition but it's so incredibly fair that mm. i i can't accuse it of doing anything wrong all right let's see if you got anything wrong again flex oh. and we'll have to we'll have to find out together you're listening to death of the reader there's an aura of excitement in the room absolute values as our mathematical genius goes about solving <laughs> The mathematicians of Grizzly Drive. Is it? Is the You're listening to Death of the Reader. Oh, it's happening! Your murder mystery world tour. <laughs> is Flex with me? I'm Hertz, and we're watching our resident mathematician, Mr. Mr. Matthew here, solve the mathematicians of Grizzly Drive with utmost precision. So we have given Mr. Matthew James here mm-hmm. the mathematicians of Grizzly Drive with near. No context. Let's be clear here. Flex has has pulled him on this rival to my very existence, this Matthew James, to undermine my authority on the show. I think that's about right. That's what's happening right now. I was very unhappy last week. I know you were. With the outcome of Mathematicians of Grizzly Drive. It cost me a point. The first point that I've lost on this show. Yep. Yep. Deservedly. Deservedly bamboozled by yours truly. So I thought to myself, we're going to approach a man who knows all. A man Uh who has the mathematical wit in his heart. A man who has the spark of storytelling in his soul. (laughs) It's true. He's an author. Matthew James here, our good friend. Good friend of the show. Has uh, has been in the process of writing a couple of novels of his own, which we're very mm-hmm. excited to maybe talk about down the line. Hopefully, which hopefully. It would very much I be personal know. indulgence. <laughs> we still have to coax yeah. him into putting a murder mystery I was into the actual say, story. There is both murder and mystery, but no murder mystery, uh, as far as I can tell. See, this is where things have got to change, Matt. He has sat beside us uh, writing here this, uh, th- this, little, this little mathematical equation from the Mathematicians of Grizzly Drive, seeing if he can solve the story. 
We haven't even told him yet about Father Knox's Decalogue. It's true. He doesn't need to know. That's not what matters here. What matters is can he solve his equation? There are more equations. He's he's written a whole page of, of equations now. I don't even know what to do with this. I'd say discrete mathematics. I don't even understand what's going on. Before, before this segment is over, we are going to have a solution. And Herds, I just want to know. Yeah. If Matt gets close enough to the solution. Yeah. And we prove that it is me that failed. Yes. I walk away with no points. Uh-huh, that is true. If Matt fails in exactly the same way as I did. If he fails in a similar way to you, how did you fail? Do you want to remind us how you failed so we can we have somewhere to line it up with? We'll uh we'll replay the segment from last week's show. I will say you correctly picked the uh the culprit uh-huh. story. Uh but not only did you pick an incorrect accomplice, but you also didn't explain the truth subsection of the box there. How and why and where people were lying and telling the truth. Bill the Snake clearly was lying about things, and I pinned him as an accomplice. And I wasn't necessarily right about how he was lying, but I'd still say that pinning him as an accomplice would mark him as one that is not telling the truth, right? I, I don't think so. He was not willingly a, <sighs> a part of the crime. It was some random student who was the accomplice in this crime, and you did not pick that. Uh-huh. You're going to try and weasel away with gonna, a point. I'm going to try and weasel my way away with a point. I don't know if that's but, possible. But, Look, but, I mean, we'll see. We have 10 minutes here to figure out what's going on, but tell me, what's your, what's your butt? If Matt fails in a completely unique way uh-huh. that astounds us both, that mm. breaks the conventions of common sense. <laughs> he gets a point. Sean Britton gets a point. Sean gets a point? Why doesn't Matt get a point? Well, Matt gets a point, but he's on Team Sean. He's on the what? guest team. It's oh, us Oh, I see. We're rebranding that guests. as the guest team. Yes. So that there's someone else to, to try and take me down. You're just trying to, just trying to get me at every turn, Flex. Bring in yeah. my arch nemeses onto the show. I'm like- the Powerpuff Girls, all three of them. <laughs> and you're bringing like Mojo, Jojo on and the the Crab Lady. Like, this is happening. All, all I can say right now, there is a there is an X and Y axis drawn sure. on Matthew He's drawn James's a graph. Page. It is there. It exists. So he's already really. further ahead in this than I was. It's true. Not so that he, that you is basically anything. lost your point already. Pretty much. <laughs> we are still go on Operation Solve. How is the approach going? How are you finding solving this murder mystery? First approach was just to ignore them entirely. Ended up with some weird equation where I x minus one and the x is The problem is when mathematical struggle street we're on. I don't know. Struggle Street? I love it. Or perhaps uh, Grizzly Drive. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting next to the man. I'm watching him go. He's filled up about four pages of equations at this point. Uh, and I think he's going to be more paper. We're running out of the studio. We're running out of paper. We're going to have to go get someone, get some of the production staff to help us get more paper, more water. For this man, he's running out of both. He's running low on steam, but he's powering through. The question is, the question is, Matt. Do you think that within the time we have left, you can solve this? Or do you think that this is unachievable for the average reader? <laughs> yeah, they couldn't solve they it. They couldn't solve it. All right. Sure. Okay. Matt, so, the worst. Matt, in that case, let's go on to our questions. You should know who abducted Anne Bradstreet, who was telling the truth, where and why, and which of the following Ten Commandments was violated. He has the Ten Commandments in his hand. He does. He's looking through them. If you can figure out which one of these has been broken, I'll be I'll be on board with you. Yeah. And of course, if you're unfamiliar with the rules, there is always a breakdown of them up on the podcast. The Ten Commandments of Father Knox. Be sure to check that out. Matt, which do you think it is? Well, maybe because I can't solve it, but 
maybe unaccountable intuition. Are you saying that Eve Adam features unaccountable intuition? Things that she could have no reason for knowing that let her solve the crime? Maybe? I mean, my money was on a Viper. Okay, so Matt thinks it's the Viper that did it. I like it. I, like I, I feel so like far. it's a red herring just because he's like, I was writing or whatever it was and other things. He is very suspicious. He's very a worm suspicious. after he's um, missed the snake. Maybe it's too obvious. Door was locked, what, from the inside? Apparently. She wasn't there the night beforehand. She was meant to go to chess, but she never went to chess. So Snake says. So you think that the snake is lying. You think that the snake abducted Anne Bradstreet. And you think that the crime was solved with unaccountable intuition. Sure, let's go with that. As I did notice, uh, as you were trying to solve it, you ended up with two equations and were trying to figure out, you know, which which equation you were supposed to solve. The answer was both. (laughs) Both of these equations form the uh, the symbol that is is the answer to this riddle. Let me go with the first like part of the answer, and then I'm gonna try and figure it out just with a hint. Sounds like Matt thinks he can solve it now. He thinks he can solve it with an extra think, page of hints. I think he can. So I, I was able can. to get I was able to get ninety percent of the way there with a page missing. Uh huh. <laughs> Our above average reader Matthew James sure. has managed to get ninety percent of the way there. With an extra page. It's true. Herds. Are you telling me it cancels out? Is that what you're about to say here? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, he's trying to solve it properly with the maths equation. Look at this man go. He's not using foreshadowing from earlier in the text. He's using actual maths. Actual deductive actual, reasoning. Not even deductive, just logical reasoning. One could argue the case that that is, in fact, deductive reasoning. Disagree. Because inductive Disagree. reasoning is problematic. Inductive reasoning would, in fact, be the sixth sin against Father Knox. Better watch out for that one, then. Is that the diamond on the blouse? Oh my goodness, he's, he's done, done it. it! He's done it! He's figured it out, ladies and gentlemen! The correct symbol is, in fact, sitting on the table in front of us. It's true. It is It is right. He has solved the equation. And he but figured Matt, out what it was, too! Has this, has this changed your perspective on who the killer is, on how the crime was done, on what the sin was, or is it just nonsense? That math equation was just plain weird. Let's uh, let's not pretend that this equation is meant to be user-friendly, because it is quite clearly not, as evidenced by the written solution, which, in fact, doesn't really solve it. Question is, Herds, do you think that Matt's performance today is worthy of dishing out points in any of the directions we described earlier? Oh, I mean... You also failed completely. Let's be let's be real completely failed completely. completely. But but you did not solve the mathematical equation. So Matt here has also failed, but in a completely different way. I think Matt gets a point. That's You're saying that Team Britain gets a point. Team Guest Star gets a point, which Britain is heading. So yes, I suppose so. <laughs> That's how this is gonna be. The arch nemesis returns. Yep. Herds, the distance between you yeah. and Sean Britton's team has closed. <laughs> this is tragic news for you. Excellent news for me. I guess that's Mathematicians of Grizzly Drive Again, take two. That's, that's it. We, We're done. We have proved that the story oh. is in fact nonsense. Yeah. That extra points should be awarded for how ridiculous that solution it's was. True. I agree. It's been a good couple hours just working through maths. Matt, I admire endurance. <laughs> We're going to have to treat ice cream or something afterwards just to make up for this. <laughs> You're listening to Death of the Reader. We'll be back with part three for Sins for Father Knox in just a second.
You're listening to Death of the Reader. We are Flex and Herds. This is your murder mystery world tour. And Herds, mm-hmm. being gay <laughs> is magic. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? That's literally the answer, dude. I was just throwing at you. Throwing it at you. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. You took it a step further than you needed to. Being gay is just, it's just magic. He is <laughs> a genius. Yosef yeah. Skvoreski <laughs> is... He's just a genius. I was going to say madman. Um, mad genius, maybe? I didn't think, I didn't think that he was going to be able to pull off the supernatural rule without actually having magic in there. But <laughs> he found a loophole, the madman. He redefined preternatural mm-hmm. as applicable to the writing time of Father Knox when being gay was considered abnormal. Yes. And thus... A sin against God, even. <laughs> the gays are magic. Yeah, it's, um, it's not very politically correct, but you know what? This is what we're going to roll with, was Josef Skvoreski. I could not be happier. <laughs> I know, because you were cackling like a madman all through that 10-minute break we had there. <sighs> You're ridiculous, Flex. I, I, I just want to say, look, let's put it out on the table. You got all the points for this, this segment. Yes. You get the point. You got all the things right. It was it was uh, Mrs. Wong. It yes, was it Jeanette, was. Uh, and it was in fact Doctor uh, the, the Doctor, the good Doctor who we love so much. They're all the killers. You get all just, the sins right, but I I don't think that matters. It doesn't. Only one of those matters. The only all. thing that matters is that gay is magic. <laughs> gay equals magic. Can um, we can we can we get um can mm, we get the uh, Friday Gay Culture Show here on Death of the Reader to, to talk celebrate. about why being gay is magic? I'd love that. But yeah, I mean, you, you got the point. We've uncovered that gay is magic, and we also uh, had a lovely little wrap up there, which honestly I've been itching for this entire time. Baruvka and Eve went on a they, date. They get together at the end. I mean, it's not you know, it's not confirmed that they like they just go love each other forever. They just go on a date, but there's implications, and I love it. <laughs> It is it is a very <laughs> cute tie around to the end it's of the story. So good. I feel like there's a breach in professional ethics if Not, you end up dating the criminal that you got out in in your first case in the novel. It doesn't matter. It's love. That's all that matters. Okay? <laughs> Stockholm syndrome, breach of ethics doesn't matter. They're cute together. Detectives got to stick together. They got to they got to get together at the end. They got to make all the babies. All I'm <laughs> hearing, Herds, yeah. is that the next Lieutenant Barovka novel may be a buddy cop. I hope. Oh, please, yes. Yeah, I, I think the main thing that I want to discuss before we get into the absolutions, because sure. I've now read those. Throw it at me, Flex. Um, What's is happening? Th- this book has been fantastic to read, but terrible to discuss. I I think part of it is I think that it, there's a lot of stuff to keep track of. Yeah. There is so much stuff. Like in the the, the ninth story, having like nine different names and like the, the, the solutions don't spell things out as nicely as I'd like them to. If you enjoy murder mystery books, this it. is one of my favorite books I've ever read yeah, it's in fantastic. the genre. Absolutely read this as a murder mystery fan. However, mm. if you run a radio show or podcast about murder mystery- <laughs> don't do it. Avoid at all costs. <laughs> it's, it's stressful, honestly. I, I've really enjoyed this. I, again, will iterate, especially in the Atlantic romance. The story uh, lays out the the Wong trick yeah. nicely, but the uh, it's a perfect example of things just not being explained. It says, oh, yes, there was a certain fundamentalist wedding, and then this person was in China. It does not lay out Wong's heritage properly at all. Rubbish. Yeah, I, no, I, I didn't. You're right. You're right. It doesn't lay right. out. But I am right. Look, I'm taking a sand today. It's happening. <laughs> I think, 
I think that because that is presented in the absolution, mm. that's okay. Mm. Let's talk about these absolutions. Yeah, let's do it. Because this, when we came in, was the selling point of the story to me. I was mm. like, oh my goodness, a book with actual solutions in the back, like <laughs> a textbook? Oh, sign me up. I'm that's, a huge, huge dork. It's very um, weird, yeah. <laughs> but what is with these? This is a mess. It is a mess. They're very unhelpful for someone who's, you know, trying to, like, guide someone else through the story. I mean, the, the main thing the absolutions are telling you is, like, which sin is being broken. Yeah. It's just explaining that to you. The absolutions start on one page in my edition of the book, and then there are just four blank pages. And <laughs> when I got this copy of the book, I thought that those four blank pages would be, like, oh, part a of the breakdown of, like, no, here's why I did no. this, and here's why I did this, no. and here's why I did this. I, because I think getting in getting in Yosef's head about why yeah. he broke the rules the way he did and the method he used to break them would have been fascinating. Yeah. I would love, if there is a novel that does a more detailed breakdown of the, like, authorial process, mm. I would love to do that. Because these, like, these little snippets, these, like, you know, two or three pages of a window into his mind is incredibly valuable yeah. to see the, like, this is why I did this this structure. This is why I added these characters in. This is why I broke down these rules. This is why I'm talking about Father Knox. Like, that's what the forward's for. That's what these sorts of solutions in the back of the book are for. Yeah. I just don't think it goes in enough detail. I really hope that somewhere in his many writings and also, I believe, running a trend translation publishing company in Canada, Yosef mm-hmm. Skvoreski has put what I'm looking for to paper because understanding his process would be such a fascinating thing going into this book because sure. it's so meticulous without ever feeling like it is. Mm-hmm. I, oh, man, I feel, I feel like an absolute shill talking about this book, but I just love it. <laughs> yeah. we, need to, we need to find Yosef Skvoreski and like bring him on the show. He uh, he sadly passed away in 2012. That's... I know, I know. We need to find his ghost. Oh. Misunderstanding me. We need to bring on Josef Skoreski's so ghost. So what we onto need to show. do is find the gays, yes. use their magic <laughs> to bring back the ghost of Josef Skoreski. That's the one. That's how it works. Problem solved. Yeah, he'll be like the Casper of. And think of how many Knox rules we can break in that episode. All of them, hopefully. <sighs> You think there's a book that does that, that like deliberately breaks every single sin in a, an interesting way? Maybe. I'm very confused. Are you describing this book or are you, you know, saying- No, 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 like in, in one in story, one story though. yeah. So like instead of 10 short stories where you break all the rules one at a time, we just break every rule and it's like in the craziest way possible. That's got to exist. Okay, so we- I need to find that. Somebody on. throw that at me. Let's, throw that across the room at me. Let's quickly, before we close don't the show, let's don't theorize books. on that. What? So- Sure. Yeah, so we'd have to have an obvious culprit- a Chinese detective, obviously. Uh, who also committed the crime. Yes. With a device. Mm-hmm. Opera- Some kind of trap. A, a, a trap operated by magic. Yeah. It has, it's, it's and a the detective, the it's detective kind of can't thing. be mentioned early in the story, yeah. so the We're- detective has to show up late. Yes. <laughs> has <laughs> to a- arrive <laughs> on the scene through a secret passage. Yes. Must not know that they did it because they, they can't light let on clues, clues that aren't immediately so produced the inspection of the reader. So they've shown up at the end of the story on like a boat in like a hidden passage underground, and they did the they did the crime with like an occultist science abomination method. This is some like Nazi magic and, shit. And they have to have a twin who is their Watson who is smarter than them. That's it. Done. Easy. We can write that. <laughs> you told me you couldn't write that. That sounds like so much fun. Let's do it. I'm in. Here we go. Could you write it fair, though? Could you write it fair? <laughs> no, of course not. But it'd be 300 pages, and it'd be garbage, and it would never sell. But I would love it, and I hope you would, too. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh my goodness, Death of the Reader season two. We write a mystery. Oh, let's do it. And then we talk about all the chapters. Talk about the process book, of writing a murder mystery. Yeah, and book one, we break all of Knox's rules. Book yeah. two, we break all of Van Dyne's yeah. rules. And we reconstruct them in the third book. And then that's how we make, that's millions. How we make it. millions, millions of cents. Yes. <laughs> There yeah, I mean, we were just talking about how we'd love to see uh, Joseph Skowreski talk about his writing process. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about our own writing process. Maybe we should. As we write a murder mystery. I think that'd be the most amazing thing. Speaking of Joseph Skowreski's yeah. writing process, though, Hertz. What, what about him? Did you know he first got into writing crime fiction by mm. translating Raymond Chandler? Raymond Chandler? Who's that? Tell me about them. He's an author, very, <laughs> very famous for his work in particularly noir and I slightly smell, more hard-boiled stories. I smell a segue coming on. Here we go. We are covering Herds. Mm-hmm. No crime in the mountains. That sounds very edgy and ominous. It I does. Love it. No crime in the mountains. What do you want to bet there's a crime in the mountains somewhere? How many points? Oh, points? We gotta bet points. <laughs> points. Herds, I don't think you can get all I can get points for this bet. Uh-huh. Wait, if you're you're betting that there is no crime in the mountains? Uh, no, I'm betting that I'm betting there's a crime in the mountains. No, though. I also bet there's a crime in the mountains. Well then there's no points on this. <laughs> Rubbish. Rubbish. Herds, next week we are going to be covering chapters one to four of one to four. No Crime in the Mountains is a by shorter, Raymond Chandler. Is a shorter novel, is it? Fourteen chapters in this one. That's all right. It's a bit of a beefy, you know, it's it's a regular old book, isn't it? It's a regular old I mean, short little book. Four, four chapters sounds pretty reasonable. You reckon you can solve this one, Herds? In four chapters, piece of cake. I should I should let you know, Herds, this is slightly more on the noir crime fiction-y type than specifically Good. a murder mystery. Sorry. But there is method to my madness. Your your mountain of madness? Well done, Herds. Ah! And, <laughs> and with that, you have successfully earned yourself no points. Ah, oh, that's all right. I'll have to earn more points next time on Death of the Reader. <laughs> <laughs>